you guys talked, uh, you mentioned about the maternity home. And I think that's a great example of people's gratitude and people's generosity in, in such a practical application. Uh, to kind of give the context, a lot of you guys watching this or listening to this have heard us talk about the maternity home before. We've been working on this project for a few years, really, and then the home was finally able to open uh, on September 11th of 2019. So that's only a few months before before quarantine. Um, and so we were able to, to open the house on that day. And as you mentioned, Javier, to date, over 820 mothers, 824 mothers, uh, as of the, the day of this recording, that is amazing. Um, we started with a staff of four team members. We added two official team members, uh, including the director for the maternity home, Danette, who was already you know, working there, really. She was already putting in the hours, uh, g gifting her time uh, her own generosity. And then we were officially at her and another team member. So we have six team members officially in, in that home. And, you know, I have to say for me, um, not being a mother, you know, I'm a father, not a mother. Uh, I, I think that's a beautiful place. I think that's a beautiful home. I love to see uh, the pictures, um, the times I've had the opportunity to travel there and be in the home um, and to see what's going on. But uh, I specifically wanted to ask you, Danielle, because you are a mother, you know, you have a beautiful daughter and, and she's amazing. Um, but being a mom, what has the maternity home been for you? Because now you're living there, you guys are there regularly. What has that been for you as a mother, for you and Sage to be in that home and with Yannette and with our team and with the moms there? I, to me, the way that I look at it is the facility is not um, heroic. It's just a facility. It's a facility right. that should have always existed. Right. It should have never been that mothers were sent to sleep and sit and wait outside in the elements that they were um, enduring. It just, yeah, they were sitting on the floor, they're in open air and they, are, it's not in a sanitized space. It's not a dignified space. It's not a clean space. It's not a comfortable space. Any of the right. things that you just would say on a human level, this should just be a basic, non-negotiable, these women should have better than that. Um, right. That's how I felt whenever we were living here in 2015 and Javier and I were serving at the Cancer Foundation. We were going right. in and out of the hospital every single day, Monday through Friday, serving at the Cancer Foundation for children specifically. And we were seeing women sitting outside, sometimes sleeping outside, sometimes on cardboard, sometimes just, you know, not on cardboard, but just outside the neonatal area. And, yep. you know, it wasn't obvious to us what was going on. It, it was obvious that there were women outside, but it wasn't exactly obvious to us, oh, they just had delivered children and now they're without their child and they're just being sent outside. And so right. over time, as we said, what, what is going on here? Why are, why are there always women out here? Why are they outside? Why aren't they somewhere more comfortable? And what are they doing? Um, one of the nurses that we were working with just started explaining to us the situation, which was they had delivered a baby. The baby was needing to be in the neonatal care in the NICU. 
and the mother had been released from the hospital you know she was okay and good to go but like a mother anywhere in Honduras or the United States or in any country is not gonna just leave the hospital without her baby. She wants to be where her baby is. And so that's exactly the same for the mothers here. When they're discharged from the hospital and their baby is not, they wanna be as close to their baby as possible. And the closest place that they could stay is right outside the hospital. So there wasn't, you know, a Ronald McDonald house. There wasn't another room for them to sit in. There wasn't even a, a waiting area for them to be in where they could be comfortable. So they would just wait outside for days and days and sometimes weeks on end, depending on the condition of their child, depending on the severity and the delicate situation that their child was in. And many of the mothers here are very um, educated and prone to breastfeeding. That's their number one choice. They don't want to feed their babies formula. They do want to breastfeed. And, you know, that's something that has been studied and the data proves that that's what's best for the baby. And it's also really best for the mother for many reasons. And so they want to not only be close to their baby because that's their baby, but they also want to make sure that their baby's getting the nutrients that they need because they are in that delicate position and formula is not necessarily going to give them what the mother can. And so they would wait outside days and hours and weeks on end and every two hours are invited in to feed their baby and then they're sent back out again. And so to me, that's when it just became, this has to be done. I don't know how it's gonna happen. We're a little organization. We build fish farms. We help people as things come up as we can. You know, everything we do is by what God provides. And at that time it was, you know, rubbing a couple of nickels together was not the easiest thing. Um, but it was abundantly obvious we need to say yes to this. This is, this is not a romanticized project. This is just a bare necessity. People deserve better than what they're encountering right here, right now, and we need to say yes. And so we were even talking the other day, it's like the facility is beautiful. In fact, if you tour that facility versus most facilities here in this country, it stands apart because it is, it is well-maintained, it is well-cared for, and the detail that was put into it um, was intentional. And it, it's beautiful, it's great, and at the end of the day, it's just a facility unless you treat it as a ministry. And so as beautiful as the building is, that's less important. The more important part is that we're able to have a team of people that are walking alongside these mothers. And so our team, every single day when they show up, they're not just worried about a checklist of what they need to clean for the day or what meals they need to prepare or at what point they should take out the trash. You know, those are things that we all have to do, whether it's in our home or somewhere else. You know, it's, it's little things in life that you're just gonna have to do. Someone has to do it, right? But there, they very well understand that they're walking alongside these mothers. That these mothers are in this home because their babies are in the neonatal care. And they're in delicate positions. And in a lot of them are, you know, the mothers are scared minute by minute. They're in fear, they're having anxiety, and they are living in a state of unknown territory because they don't know if they're gonna walk away with their baby or not. And so, 
our team very much understands that they're there to walk alongside them. They're there to weep with them. They're there to pray with them. They're there to encourage them. They're there to share hope with them. And those are the things that I think set our ministry apart. I think that the facility is fantastic, but I think that what really makes the difference, because to me, that's, that's just a basic. That should have just never been the way it was. And I'm glad there's a facility now. But what I'm most grateful for and what to me feels like a true answer to prayer is that when I see Yaneth and I see the five team members there that are serving day in and day out, holding the mothers, sharing with the mothers, encouraging the mothers, and also meeting practical needs saying, here's, here's the fare that you need to get to a larger city because the baby needs a special surgery, or here's the money that you need because the baby needs a special medicine or here's the funds that we want to give you because you need an exam and they need to know if it's safe for you to breastfeed the baby. All the different things that go into the reproductive system and to caring for your child and everything that's connected, we get to say yes every single day. We get to yeah. say yes. We want to say yes to that. We want to, we want to walk alongside you, not just in theory, not just with a facility, but with, with our spirit and with our heart. And so I think to me that that's what's most impactful about the maternity home is that we're truly investing in these women and we're also investing in these babies in the first days of their life. And it's, it's not just the mothers because when we touch the mothers, we're touching the entire family. And so they're going home and they're telling their mothers, you're not gonna believe the type of facility I got to stay in while the baby was you know, being cared for in the NICU. And they're getting to tell their spouses about that. And they're getting to tell their sisters about that and their brothers about that. And so that's what's, that's something that's been very beautiful for us to see here in the community is that they are, they realize that someone cared. And I think that that's the basic. And then beyond that, they know that people still care and are willing to walk with them and to say yes to the things that we need to say yes to so that they can have a better outcome and so that their baby has a better chance. And so to me as a mother, you know, I whenever I had Sage, she's almost 11 and less than 30 days, she'll be 11 years old. Um, I never had to wonder if I would have a hospital to deliver her in. I never had to wonder where I would recover. Um, you know, those were not things that I had to wonder about. And even aside from that, there's still a lot of worry that can uh, overtake a mother because your life is changing. You have someone you're responsible for and you have someone that you know you're gonna be investing in for quite some time, um, spiritually and emotionally and all of those things. And so when we can just meet the basics and then go beyond that and then also tell these mothers and show these mothers and model to these mothers that we we want to go beyond meeting the basics which we think are very important very valid but we also want to partner with you as you are on this journey and through this walk because we care about you and we care about your children i think that's where you start to see a cultural change and you start to see people valuing who they are and just realizing how much God loves them. And to me, I think that that is something you can't really put a price on. Yeah, and I think it ties into what we mentioned just a minute ago where uh, 
these mothers, because of our team being there and being available 24 hours a day, uh, these mothers don't have to feel alone, but they've traveled four, six, eight hours away to come into this hospital. They've come with just them and their baby. Um, some do come with a, a significant other or some may come with their mother or you know, have traveled in with another family member, but a large percentage of the mothers that we encounter have come on their own by themselves. Yeah. But while they're at our facility, they don't have to feel alone. And so I think that's what's been very, very important because uh, as we've touched on, these mothers that we're receiving are not just every mother that's given birth at this hospital. The mothers we're receiving are here because of a specific need that their child is an intensive care unit mm -hmm. to receive oxygen treatments or receive incubation or receive um, some other form of treatment because they're, they may not be viable. Um, they're trying to save their life at some, you know, on some yeah. level. Um, and so these mothers, like Danielle said, are worried and they're uh, sad and they're coming at a, the most vulnerable position ever in the human condition and the human experience already uh, just by giving birth. And then couple that with lack of resources, being far from home. One, one uh, woman we met the other day was 17 years old, scared for her babies, you know, scared for their life. Um, and, and having someone there available, I think, to sit with them and to cry with them and to allow them to, to emote and have these different feelings when the story doesn't turn out that they're able to take their baby home because the baby recovered. Um, just last month, we had over 15, we had 15 mothers who lost their children. Um, we prayed with them and we tried to, you know, at times there were some of these cases where we, we paid for treatments or we helped uh, with different medications or different things that, that we could do. Uh, some of them we helped with transportation to a different hospital that had different specialized equipment. And, and still we lost 15 last month. And there's no way around that. There's no way to tell a, a, a shiny story about that. There's no way to explain that. There's no way to, to even fully describe the pain that those mothers are experiencing. Unless you've experienced it, we really don't know. As a father, as a parent, I can understand that loss of a child would be detrimental. But unless you've carried that baby for nine months and brought them into this life and heard them crying and, and felt their heartbeat to only go home with them passing away, there's no way that you can understand that. There's no way that we can describe that in any way that gives that any kind of justice or gives it any kind of, of depth other than to say that it's one of the things that we take so seriously here. We take it so seriously because we know that not every mother is going to get to take their new baby home. Uh, and so that has been one of the things that has impacted our team and has impacted us the most is when we see a mother going through that state of loss, going through that, that depth of emotion and feeling all the feelings that she's feeling and not being able to do a thing about it. Money couldn't do it, resources couldn't do it, transportation couldn't have done it. 
this new shiny building that we keep talking about, this maternity home, none of that changed the outcome. And yet still our team was there. We couldn't do anything about it. We couldn't change the situation. We couldn't change the circumstances. The only thing that we could do was change the fact that that mom didn't have to sit there and hear the news by herself. And so some of the things that we have to do are very difficult. They're very hard on a day-to-day -day basis uh, to, to be able to purchase a coffin uh, that we've donated to them or that we've given to them, that those are expenses that we never thought about. Those are expenses that we didn't think, hey, that's gonna be a regular part of this maternity home ministry is buying 15 coffins every single month. It just wasn't a thing. Uh, days and days and days and hours and hours and hours of praying was the result was that uh, a mother lost her child and so all we can do then at that point is to be there for her. All we can do at that point is to pray with her. All that we can do at that point is to make that transition as easy as possible. And I think that's one of the hardest things that we've had to do through this ministry to be a part of, of that loss of that deep ache and pain that that mother's going through. And so I am so incredibly proud of every uh, uh, team member that we have working at the maternity home because day in and day out, 24 hours a day, each shift that they're going on, they don't know what they're walking into. They don't know how many mothers are gonna come in that day. They don't know how many mothers are, are giving birth that day. They don't know how many moms gave birth to children who now have to stay in the, the intensive care unit. And of course, they never expect and they never know if one of those mothers is gonna lose their children, lose their child that day. But yet, we keep doing it. We keep stepping forward. We keep putting one foot in front of the other. We keep going towards the pain and the loss and the hurt. We keep going towards the tension because we know that that's a mission. That's something that God has called us to. And I thank God so many times a day for all of you, anybody who's ever given a single penny or given a single donation to this organization through, through really any means, but especially those who this maternity home has really caught your attention, has really caught your, your spirit. That's what you're giving to is you're giving hope, you're giving love, you're giving compassion, you're giving support to these mothers in both good times and, and in their loss. And so I appreciate uh, the fact that we have so many people who partner with us. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is we need many more. Um, this this organization is, is still small, we're still growing. Uh, there's still so many things in which we, we give out in so many different directions. And this maternity home is, is one of the largest expenses of this organization of, of connect global and every single month we can count on it that we're going to get 50 more mothers in this home we're going to get 50 more opportunities to share the love of jesus with someone we're going to get 50 more opportunities to feed these mothers to clothe these mothers to to provide a warm and safe and, and dignified place for them to rest during this most horrible time you know where they're worried for their children's lives we get 50 more opportunities every single month. And so the opportunity for you to be able to partner with us in that is ongoing. We're gonna go, we're gonna, we're gonna fight for these moms. We're gonna fight for this opportunity to be able to support and to serve these mothers. And we need you to partner with us because there's no possible way that uh, we can continue going on without the generosity of so many people coming together and saying, you know what? That mom matters, that, that mother, her story matters. Her story is somebody, uh, you know, somebody's daughter, somebody's 
sister, somebody's uh, uh, spouse, you know, and, and, and knowing that, hey, if we can do something to alleviate the pain or to be able to prepare her for taking her baby home or, or even prepare her for, for her baby not coming home, those are the things that we're going after. Those are the, the, the both the hard times and both the joyous times of that ministry. But it's impossible to do without people supporting and partnering with us in order to get that job done. Yeah, that's awesome. That's that's very moving. And, and I appreciate you guys sharing, you know, really both sides of it. Um, you, we, we get a text message our team, we get a text message here in the United States and you guys as well uh, every day from our maternity home team, you know, with pictures and stories and testimonies. And there's always the mix of stories. There's the stories of the mom. We just got the one yesterday or day before where mom's been in the home for 10 days. They had to go to San Pedro Sula. The child had the surgery that they needed and now they're home together, safe. The child is fully recovered. And then we get those stories where the mom was in the home a week, two weeks, three weeks, and they did all the medical treatments and, and the child did not survive. And I'm always reminded, you know, Jesus told us very clearly, he said, in this life, you're gonna have troubles. You know, in this life, there's gonna be challenges. It rains on the just and the unjust. You know, just because we're followers of Jesus doesn't mean that life is always, you know, rose fields and, and you know, rose petals, you know, sometimes it's thorns as well. Sometimes there's the challenges, but he did make a promise to us. He said, I'll always be with you. Sometimes life feels and is very hard, but Jesus is always with us. The Holy Spirit's always with us. And I totally agree with you. Would you have guys have shared of the, of the honor it is to be a part of this team with our team members who are there on the day-to-day -day shifts because they're exemplifying that same promise with the mothers, that they're with them. They're, the mothers are not alone, whether the baby goes home or whether uh, alive or whether the baby passes before they're able to return home. There's somebody there with them. There's somebody there with them. And I think that is the beauty of this ministry. The Bible tells us to celebrate with those who celebrate and to weep with those who weep. And so often that's what ministry is, you know, ministry, sometimes we make it look like it's preaching or it's, you know, a prayer meeting and, and rightly so those things are great, but so often ministry is showing up with someone at the moment of their need and their pain, and then just having the heart to walk through it with them. And, uh, that's what our team does day in and, and day out. Um, I want to touch on one more sort of auxiliary thing with the maternity home, but it's become really a unique opportunity. Like you mentioned, Javier, there's a lot of things that maybe we didn't realize getting into, into this, um, but have been an, an opportunity and a blessing for us to participate. And that's been some of the additional care with the hospital. So the maternity home, the facility is on the hospital property. Um, it, it's really, you know, the, the care ministry to these mothers, but the facility is right there. And we wanted to maintain a good relationship and be good partners with the hospital. So I know through COVID, we actually purchased uh, a lot of PPE equipment uh, for the doctors and staffs. So we bought gloves, we bought masks, we bought all kinds of different things. Um, but because of the relationship with the mothers, it also forms 
a special relationship specifically with the NICU area. And I know you guys have had opportunity to just recently visit the NICU. Um, describe to us just a little bit of what's going on with that relationship and how that's been over time and how that's developing because we want to continue to be a blessing to this hospital. They're caring for everything. I mean, they're caring for people with COVID, they're caring for emergency situations, they're caring for, um, you know, autoimmune diseases and ongoing, uh, you know, sort of diseases and, and respiratory care and, and heart care and cardiovascular. They have all these different departments and they have this fantastic NICU there in the hospital as providing care for the babies, but as a lot of hospitals in, in Honduras and in other parts of the world do, they have some challenges and we've tried to step in and help meet some of those challenges. What's, how's the conditions there at the NICU right now when you guys were just there the other day? So I think to go back to your first point about kind of the unique relationship that has come from us having the maternity home on the same site as the hospital, I think that the relationship has evolved because of mutual respect. So yeah. we've always respected the hospital and the hard work that they have put in. And over time, they've grown to really respect our ministry and what we do at the maternity home. And so when mothers are coming to the maternity home, they're actually being given a prescription to stay there. It's, it's literally written out like if you would get a prescription for a certain medication, they're given a prescription to stay at the maternity home because of their recovery and because the baby is being kept in the neonatal care uh, area. And so over time, we've been able to develop a more personal relationship with the people that are working in that intensive care unit for the babies. Um, and yesterday, we honestly didn't know it was gonna happen, but we were invited to go in. And, you know, we've been in before, but it's been quite some time, especially because of COVID. Um, but yesterday they invited us to come in and they gave us the, uh, the PPE and everything. So we were dressed in the scrubs. And the point was that they wanted to, they wanted to thank us for the partnership and for that relationship that we've been building together. But they also wanted to share some of the needs that are you know really a priority right now and so we got to speak with the head nurse of the whole facility who gave us a tour and was showing us you know here's this section and what these babies are facing here's this section and these babies are even in more critical care than the one we were just in and she was explaining to us that they find themselves in, in a situation where the doctor is literally having to decide some days, which baby do I save? And not because both babies couldn't be saved, but with the equipment that they have and the lack of equipment that they have, they have to sometimes be put in positions of which one has more viability, which one is more likely to accept this treatment and to have a good outcome because we only have one working ventilator. We only have one working aspirator. We only have one respirator. Um, and so what she was showing us was, you know, you can see that we're full. There's, there, I think maybe yesterday there was at least eight babies in there. Um, they're full, it's a full house, but they've got one machine for you know, one type of thing and one for another. And the babies are coming in with a variety of issues. You know, some it's 
oxygen that they need. They need oxygen to help them breathe. Some of them are having fluid fill their lungs and they need the aspirators. Um, so some of them, their body temperatures are just not staying where they need to be in what's a safe temperature. And so they need to be in the incubator. Well, only one incubator is fully functioning. And so they're trying to come up with um, creative solutions for that. But as a mother and, you know, as a father, I don't think anybody wants creative solutions when you're trying to figure out how to save your baby. You just want a viable solution. You know, you don't really want to have to think too hard and get too creative to think outside the box. Thank God they are, and they are doing what they can with the resources that they have, and they're not just throwing their hands in the air and giving up. Um, you could just see the passion that these nurses have and that the doctor has for these babies. And you could just see the heart behind it, even sharing the stories. And even as we had the opportunity, you know, we're saying distant just to be safe and, you know, we don't want to cause any further complications or anything, but these babies are precious and they're tiny and they're fighting for their life. But you could just see the staff and the people there, their heart are going out to those babies. And you could, I mean, it just exuded from them that they they care. They weren't on shift and they weren't watching the clock. It didn't feel that way. They're literally caring for, the, for this human life that was born and the best outcome for them, not even being the mother that gave birth to them, not being the mother that delivered them, their best outcome is still to say, your baby is healthy, your baby is whole, you know, go and God be with you. And unfortunately, they're just like our team, they're seeing the dark side of that sometimes because not every baby is being saved and it's not always possible. And what Belkis was sharing with us yesterday, who was the, the nurse in charge of the whole department, was that there are times that a death could have been prevented if, if they just had the right equipment or if they just had the resources that other hospitals in larger cities have. And so for us, you know, it's, we, we know that we don't have every resource and we can't create every solution, but we also know we don't have to. We know that God has continued to provide for us and it continues to provide for them and it continues to provide for people all over the world. And so when we welcome them sharing their needs with us, because we don't always have the answers. Most often we don't. Most of the time we don't have any idea what the answer is to, you know, these problems that are just out of reach. We don't have, you know, just surplus of money sending an account that just says, okay, great. someone showed us our problem so we can just solve it. You know, all of us on this call know that that's not how it's worked. But what we also know is that we have all been faithful and we've all been obedient and we've all not decided to look away from, from those uncomfortable conversations and those difficult conversations and those difficult moments. And we can look someone like Belkis in the eye and say, okay, I am going to try. I can't make you any promises. I don't know what will come of it, but I care. We care. There's a lot of people here that care. There's a lot of people in the United States that care. And so after the tour, when we were able to tell her, 
yeah, we're the co-founders of the maternity home. Her, her face just lit up, you know. In the beginning of the tour, she just thought, okay, you're just good people who might want to do some good here. Let me give you a tour of this facility because we had not yet met her specifically. And at the end of it, when we were able to say a little bit more about who we were specifically, she was just overjoyed because of the great work that the team is doing and because of that relationship that has been built. And so we have a great reputation here in this city because people know that we care and they know that we keep our word and they know that we're walking alongside them. So just like we're walking alongside the mothers, we're walking alongside the people that are working in the hospitals and the firemen and all the different um, facets of our ministry they know that we legitimately care. And so I think that that was something that was really beautiful, but they they are in need of more ventilators or in need of respirators, incubators, aspirators. Um, that's a very real need that they have. And with those things, the mortality rate here for the infants will decrease significantly. And yeah. you know, I don't have a medical degree. I don't know much about any of those things, but I am a mother and I do know that if my baby needed any one of those things, I would pray to God that wherever I was, they had that. And so that's something that we wanna start focusing on is seeing how we can help get those resources into their hands. So if there's you know, friends or anyone that's listening that has access to um, equipment like that or works for a hospital, I mean, we have a lot of friends that partner with Connect Global that do work in the medical field. Um, we're open to all ideas and creative ways to get that to them. Um, sometimes people write checks, sometimes people actually just have equipment. Whatever it is, we, our minds are wide open and we are available to receive in whatever way those gifts can come. Yeah, that's awesome. Man, I, I so appreciate you guys and taking some time to just sort of walk us through these stories. You know, there's there's just been a lot going on, as we said, COVID, hurricanes, and babies are being born every day. You know, people still need to know that the love of Christ is real and that it can manifest itself in a tangible way through just people coming together and, and not trying to create a hierarchy, not trying to create a better than situation, but just people coming together with dignity, with respect, and just expressing love to one another. And I think that's that's really fantastic. And I appreciate you saying that too, Danielle, because I know that there are people listening to this uh, podcast or watching this who m you're saying, man, I want to get involved. You know, what, what can I do? And as we've talked, you know, trips have been delayed and, and I appreciate it. We've, we've, kind of summarize a lot of interaction in three simple steps. Pray with us, give with us, and go with us. And, you know, right now that go with us component in in the real super practical of just getting on a plane and coming on a missions trip, some of that's been delayed. We're looking forward to the days that that's gonna get opened back up. When that opens back up, you know, opens back up, everyone can know and rest assured, we're gonna do that in the safe way. We're gonna do that in the right way. And so we're just, trying to be mindful of all of that. But I, I just wanna echo what we've said here already. We are so appreciative of the many, many, many 
literally friends and families and churches and businesses and individuals and and moms and dads and sons and daughters. I mean, we've had people seven, eight, six years old come and 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 give a financial gift. Yep. Um, you know, I'm uh, I, I I have a I remember a little boy in Georgia who walked up and said, "Can I give this to the maternity home?" Yep. And he had up. He said, "I've put together all my money." Yes. I mean, all of it. Yep. You know, we've had grandmothers and grandfathers and 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 incredible business people who've committed huge percentages of of the proceeds of their organization and sometimes that looks like a financial gift and we've also had you know first responders who've collected fire suits and things like that and medical equipment uh at times that that they've given to us and we've been able to ship that down and you guys have put that right in the hands of the hospital so you know, whatever that may look like to you, if you're listening to this right now and you say, hey, I, you know, I'm connected to a hospital or I'm connected to, you know, a, a resource that, that may be of a benefit, by all means, reach out to us, let us know uh, what that would be. We'll, we'll work about getting it into Honduras, into the nation of Honduras and getting it into the right hands. Um, but we just appreciate the collaboration because it truly is a collaboration uh, that that makes all of this possible. And so we appreciate it so much when people pray with us. We are praying for this ministry. We're praying for the moms. We're praying for one another. We're praying for what God wants to do in Honduras. We are giving ourselves. Our team members are giving. You guys mentioned about helping provide transportation. You know, in Honduras, there's not medical health insurance like there is in the United States. So when you think about riding in an ambulance for a mother in La Ceiba to send her child, say, to San Pedro Sula, uh, because that's a little bit larger hospital with more specialties. She has to think about that cost. So many times our team out of their own pocket has paid for that. Um, so when people give with us and then when people go with us, those things are really incredible ways that that people can that people can and can interact with what we're doing uh, here in Honduras. You know, you guys are there. You're you're on the field. You're living there in the country. Um, just for anybody who's watching as we're as we're wrapping up here, for anybody who's watching, uh, what would be kind of a kind of a final message with the maternity house? We've talked about COVID and we've talked about just caring for people on such a practical level. Um, what's kind of a final deposit you guys would would just leave in 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 our listeners' hearts before we before we sign off? Well, I think, uh, like you said, it's our gratitude uh, is, is very hard to express. It's easier to just put our head down and get to work and, and do the function of our job. Um, it's hard to put into words to say what you're giving, what your support, what your prayers mean to us. Um, you know, there's somebody reached out to us the other day with a prayer and a, a, a dream that they had about, you know, our family um, and we're sitting here in the kitchen just falling just crying because it was exactly the right thing that we needed to hear that we needed to to read and to share with one another um, in that moment um, and we reached back out to her and, and we said you know thank you so much for keeping us in your prayers and thinking about us and um, you know it was spot on exactly what you were saying and sharing with us um, because this place is a, a, a hard place to live in that this uh, environment is very difficult. There's a very uh, a 
hard sense of you can work hard and do all the things right and you can get a lot of, of you know, just um, gumption to do anything and everything. And there's just, it's, it's like trying to, to scale a wall um, that just goes straight up. You know, there's no, there's no holds to grab onto. There's no uh, crags in the, in the rock to be able to, to get a footing. It literally just feels like you try and get a few feet and then you slip back. And so I'm not trying to overstress that or overstate that in any way, um, but just keep us in your prayers and keep us in your thoughts because um, this place uh, is a very special place. It's a very beautiful place. There's a lot of beautiful people that we've been able to meet here. Um, but it's a difficult place. There's a diff, you know, there's still a lot of work to be done. There's still a lot of things like what we described in the hospital and, you know, with, with um, just all the projects. I mean, these are not unnecessary projects. These are not things, it's not just because we do them and we just want to do them here. Um, it's because we saw the need and over 16 years, we've tried to understand what the solution needs to be. And now we're trying to attack it one thing at a time. And so we're, we're using our, our friends and our family members here and the people that we call um, brothers and sisters to inform us. You know, we're not trying to stab in the dark. We're not trying to guess at what a solution may be. We're really trying to absorb every detail that we can in any solution, any problem that we come up against. We're trying to learn as much as we can about it. And over 16 years, we've found that there's a couple of areas that we can impact and that will make the greatest impact and that will make the greatest difference over time. Uh, and so it, it becomes a lot. There's a lot to do. There's a lot of things that are going on here. Um, there's a lot of great things, you know, not just our organization, but we're, we meet all the time and are introduced to other missionaries, other churches, other leaders, other organizers that have come into this place that have said, hey, here's a, another area, a different area that we can do that we're, you know, attacking. Um, and really the thing that we touched on a minute ago is that um, as the maternity home specifically has gained a little bit of uh, the public awareness here, we see people reaching out from churches and from local ministries and local businesses that will stop by, they'll drop off food or they'll drop off support and resources for the mothers. Um, you know, we've gotten the, the local news media uh, they come in every once in a while when they're doing another story, maybe on COVID or on other things going on at the hospital. And they love coming over to the maternity home because there's always a new story to tell. There's always something cool uh, that has happened at the maternity home. And, and um, Yannette uh, has taken the lead on that and has done a great job of sharing the story and sharing the needs there at the maternity home. And the, the community has stepped in. They've really done a great job of really coming forward with resources, whether it be um, you know, clothes for the baby or clothes for the mother or um, different resources. Um, and so that's been a really great thing. But that's what I would say is my gratitude uh, for all that we're able to do um, is just, it, it's at the highest level. For those of you who have given with us, who've chosen to come with us, who continue to choose to pray with us, um, but also just thankful for my teammates, for my, you know, the, the people that, that we've assembled here um, are second to none. There's no no better team that I could imagine coming together to, to fulfill this great commission and fulfill the mission and vision of Connect Global than who we've assembled so far. Um, and we continue to grow. So there's more updates to come. There's more new things that are going on. Um, there's some expansion in our education programs that we'll talk about on the next episode. 
but we really just feel grateful for this opportunity to go in and to affect so many lives and to be able to impact uh, so many people on any given day. Um, but we could not do what we do without you. And so we're grateful to you as well for your partnership and your support of what we're doing here. Absolutely. That's right. Awesome. I think that's very well said. We, we, we really appreciate all the members uh, that make it happen. And we so appreciate you guys. Um, at the time of this recording, I am going to make this shameless plug because at the time of this recording, one of the three of us is about to celebrate a birthday. <laughs> so, uh, on behalf of all of our family, it, who is that? Oh, Javier is about to celebrate a birthday coming up at the end of February. So happy birthday, Javier. We happy love birthday. you guys. <laughs> and for everybody watching uh, this, uh, this video, whether it's a, you're watching this in a video podcast, setting or you're listening to this on a podcasting platform we appreciate you guys so much and we appreciate you taking the time to just track along with the story uh as javier mentioned a moment ago there's some other exciting uh areas of the organization of connect global that are growing right now we want you to stay connected with us because we're going to talk about that more on our next episode of the founders corner if you want to get more information about connect global in general you can always visit us on our website at connectglobal.org. That's connectglobal.org. Please uh, subscribe to this podcast wherever you're at. Um, set your notifications where you always get notified when there's a new episode coming out so you don't miss anything. Feel free to share this with your friends. And we'd love to hear from you. If you have comments uh, or anything about uh, the episode, if you have questions, you can mark those in the comments on whatever platform that you're on. And we'll make sure and track along with that. So once again, so appreciate you guys, Javier and Danielle, taking some time out just to visit. And so we can have this opportunity to talk together. And we appreciate you guys listening in. Hope you have a great rest of your day. And God bless you. All right. Thank you, guys. God bless. Hey, thank you so much for watching. If you'd like to learn more, connect with us at GoServeChange.com.